welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast. I am Dr. Bill Kanaski coming at you from gate E31 at the St. Louis airport at 5.20 a.m. local time. Yeah, I've been up since 1 a.m. Had a focus group yesterday. I went to bed early. You know me, just all excited to get out of town. So, got up at 1, from 1 to 3, worked on that focus group report. Gonna knock that out. And then uh, spend a little time on TikTok. Gotta have my TikTok. God, I love TikTok. Did that, and then uh, came over here to the uh, St. Louis airport. Uh, Gate E31 is located right behind uh, Starbucks. However, Starbucks is not getting a nickel of this guy's money. Why? Because you're right. I am a Dunkin' Donuts guy. Dunkin' Donuts. That's the bomb. That's the Starbucks. If you looked, if you saw my personal credit card bill every month and what my wife and children spend on Starbucks, I could buy another car. I could buy another car for the, <clears throat> it's like a car payment. They're making me crazy. Can't stand it. <clears throat> so, I'm just telling you, Dunkin' Donuts, superior coffee, superior service, and uh, at a much more affordable price. They should, like, hire me to do <clears throat> commercial for them or something. They should sponsor the Litigation Psychology Podcast. I may have to put out a call right after this recording. So, um, <clears throat> what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about... Deposition testimony. We talk a lot about deposition testimony because it's so damn important. <clears throat> but let's really focus in on what I consider to be something that's very overlooked, something very overlooked in this industry. <clears throat> and that is the science behind the start of the deposition. So let me explain this. So everybody, <clears throat> you know, you, you defense attorneys, heck, you plaintiff attorneys. Hello, plaintiff attorneys. I know you're out there. But defense and plaintiff's counsel both uh, spend hours and hours and days and days prepping their witnesses. And that's all good and fine. But the problem is the witness sits down in that chair. Okay, so let's start off. Let's just kind of do this from a neurocognitive right point of view. So the witness walks in this room. They've never been deposed. It's very new to them. And, you know, their brain reacts to that. So brain, maybe a little bit of an amygdala hijack, okay, coming in, soaking in this new environment, conference room, could be a room full of attorneys, court reporter, videographer. Brain's in kind of like, oh, shit mode right now, right? So a little bit of distraction getting going, right? And you need your witness focused. You don't need them distracted. Which is why doing deposition simulation is so important to desensitize your witness brain so this doesn't happen. But I will proceed into what we're really talking about here today. They sit down, and the start of these depositions is a setup. Okay, so like I've told you before, for every 10 depositions, eight of them start with sugar, two of them start with vinegar. Now, they're all going to end up vinegar, folks. They're all going to end up vinegar. But we're talking about the start of the deposition and the science behind this. So, 
let's talk about sugar. So many attorneys, again, both plaintiff and defense attorneys, okay, start off deposing a witness, and whether it be a fact witness, corporate witness, uh, expert witness, doesn't matter. They start off by being nice, being nice, being cordial, being friendly, being gregarious. I love that word, by the way, gregarious. Oh, it's a beautiful uh, uh, <laughs> GRE word for grad school. <clears throat> Nevertheless, uh, they start off the depth friendly. And what this does naturally is get your witnesses guard down. Remember, you've been working with them on the key case facts, the exhibits, right? The documents and the emails, and you've worked on your strategy on how to deal with those things. Well, here's the problem. Those questions typically aren't coming for a couple hours. And so the witness is down. The brain starts to hear what? All these, you know, what year did you graduate from college? Where did you attend college? Did you go to graduate school? Right? <clears throat> Where do you currently live? Are you married? Do you have kids? And, you know, tell me about your, you know, what year did you start the company? What's your roles and responsibilities? And, and these questions are purposefully non-threatening. Okay? So what does your brain do? Remember, the brain, think about your brain from an evolutionary standpoint. <clears throat> it's an organ of efficiency. The brain does not want to work really, really hard all day. <laughs> it wants to work when it needs to, and then it wants to cut every corner possible and go on, you know, autopilot <clears throat> the rest of the time. Why? To conserve energy. I mean, if you really, 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 really thought about everything really, really carefully all day, by 11 a.m., your brain would just turn the mush you'd be a puddle. You'd be a jellyfish. Brain doesn't work like that. The problem is during the depth, it needs to work like that. Okay. The radar needs to be on full blast. So you've been spending hours and days working with the witness on strategy. And then they sit down and the first, sometimes it's 30 minutes. Sometimes it's the first hour, hour and 15 minutes. And it's all these non-threatening, easy and quite frankly, friendly background questions. And your witness's brain says to itself, wait a second, <laughs> this, this attorney that's examining me is not so bad. Hell, they're actually being nice to me. They're smiling at me. An occasional chuckle. And these questions are not threatening. Therefore, I can, I can go on easy street. I can go on autopilot. And that's the trap. The witness brain gets comfortable. And then that cognitive pattern of rapid and comfortable conversational communication spills over and carries over into the case-specific questions. And your witness is falling into every trap from that point forward. They're answering questions too quickly. They're making careless mistakes and errors. They're talking too much. They're volunteering information. They are agreeing with things they should not be agreeing with. Why? They fell into the trap early and they got out of the cognitive pattern that is needed for deposition. And that's, that's the pattern that 
I call and that I train my witnesses. <clears throat> That's a pattern called forcing cognition, meaning we have to train the brain to have the radar on full blast from the moment they walk in that room. Now, most witnesses say, well, but these are easy questions. Like, do I really need to think for two to three seconds before telling the questioner how long I've been at the company? Yes, God damn it. <laughs> yes, it's a trap. It's the whole thing's a trap. Listen, the person, okay, again, whether it's a plaintiff attorney or a defense attorney, they don't care about your background. They don't care. They don't care where you went to college. I don't care whether you're board certified as a physician. I don't care how long you've been a truck driver. They don't care. It's a warm-up method for the attorney to get control. Uh, it's all about witness control. It's all about witness control. And the first 30 to 60 minutes, typically, in any deposition, it's about witness control. And the best way to control a witness, the easiest way, be nice, be talkative, be conversational, and get the witness in a conversational communication pattern where the brain is on autopilot and it's back and forth like a conversation down at the tavern with one of your buddies. That's the goal because when the deposition starts like that, it's going to keep going like that, and then they're going to fall into every single trap going forward. So part of my witness training program is to make the witness well aware of this. Number one, they got to know it's a setup. It's a trap. Okay. Like when you walk into the car dealership and you meet the salesperson and they're super nice to you and they're offering you water, coffee. Why are they doing that? Why? They want your brain functioning in a certain way because they want to take all of the money out of your bank account. And that's how they do it. Okay. It's all about the start. So the witness needs to be informed. Number one, it's a trap. Here's why they're asking these questions. Not because they care and they're interested, even though they seem like it, they're not. They're getting warmed up. They're assessing you as a witness. Okay. And they're trying to get you in comfort mode so your brain is on autopilot and you're communicating in a conversational fashion, which is the worst possible effing thing that any witness can do. Number two, what we do is when we do our, our phase two training, deposition simulation, the, yeah, the attorney often goes, okay, well, okay, so I go, okay, let's go into phase two, let's do some uh, simulation. Okay, you're going to role play plaintiff's counsel, right? The other attorney, you defend the deposition. Okay, witness, you be yourself. Now, we've gone over all these skills. Let's jump into some Q&A. And the questioner will be like, well, I'm just going to skip the background stuff and jump right into the meat of it. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, we're doing the background stuff, even if it's for 15 minutes. And the attorney's like, well, wh why do we have to do that? Those are easy, stupid questions. I go, because it's all about the witness brain and the start. And what happens when we practice the background questions? What happens every single time? The witness every single time regresses right back into conversational mode. And then I got to stop them and go, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, wow, well, I'm 
kind of going kind of fast, right? I, yeah, yeah, you're going really fast. What else are you doing around? They're like, mm, I'm kind of talking a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And But then the response from them is, but these are easy questions. Like, do I really need? Yes, because your cognitive pattern, everybody listen, the cognitive pattern, the thought pattern that the witness starts with is what's going to carry over into the case specific questions. Okay, it's a trap. So A, inform the witness it's a trap. B, practice it. Ask them the background questions and force the witness to force cognition and install that two, three, four, even five seconds, that gap of time before they respond. Otherwise, the attorney will control the witness and it's going to be a long day. Okay, Deposition is all about control. And who's going to control it? The questioning attorney or the witness. Well, I teach witnesses how to take control. There's many different ways they can do that. The first way to take control is establish the pace and establish the correct force and cognition thought pattern. Don't get into this conversational mode. Now, every single attorney on the planet tells their witness all this shit. Every bit of shit I just told you. Every damn attorney tells their witness the same thing. And it doesn't work. Sorry, I had to take a sip of my amazing Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It doesn't work because they need to be taught. They need to be taught. And that's the big difference about what, what we do. You could tell you could tell your witness all this shit all day. Until you're blue in the face. Until you're Carolina blue in the face. It won't work. Their brain has to be rewired to do that. Uh, I got the overhead speaker going here. See? You know what this is? Everett. Okay, so Everett apparently, which I still can't figure out. I've been traveling for 21 years. Okay, Everett left his laptop at, at at the TSA security. How do you like? How do you do that? My laptop's my life. I have a heart attack without it. How do you leave your laptop at TSA security? Wow. Everett, you got some serious problems, my man. It is early though, so maybe, maybe I tell you what. You know what? Everett needs Everett needs some Dunkin' Donuts coffee. See, that's Everett's problem now. His concentration is low. His attention low. Probably didn't get much sleep. You know, it's five something in the morning. For guys, laptop it. <laughs> that TSA. <laughs> but I tell you what, this this ain't Miami, folks. This is St. Louis. The good the good people of St. Louis that work at TSA will not let Everett get on this plane without without his laptop. They went right on the loudspeaker and got him back. See in Miami, those TSA folks, yeah, they'll just they'll just put their laptop and your laptop in their backpack and take it home with them. You saw that news report, right? Yeah, it's all on camera. So business travelers, be careful in TSA. Uh, and make sure you have you have all your shit before you get on the plane. Okay, so back. Okay, so <laughs> I digress. So back to um, what we need to do here. Okay, we need to inform the witness of what's going on and why it's a trap. And then you need to simulate the trap. And then when they screw up, you need to yell at them. Slow down. You're getting too talkative. And this this is called learning, folks. This is called learning. Learning is actually a scientific word. 
that's a scientific word in the field of psychology. See, we use it just back. I learn, learn, learn. No, no. That's so the, when you say learning in society. No, it's a scientific word. And there's a there's a uh, biochemical, neurocognitive process behind that. And one of the key ways to learn is expose the participant, in this case being the witness, to a stimulus and repeat and practice their reaction to such stimulus. And you let them screw up, but then you got to fix it. And you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it until they get it right. Then you proceed. That's called learning. Okay? So that's step one. Now, let's just go to, let's just go to the vinegar. Let's go to the vinegar. Some of these cases, some of these attorneys, and again, both plaintiff attorneys and defense attorneys can start up, they can start off a deposition ugly. They will skip the background questions and they're on question, you know, questions one through 10 are standard of care questions. They're reptile questions. They're blame questions. And there's an attitude. And, you know, some of these guys are pounding the table and they're barking questions. And, okay, so, so let's talk about why that's a trap, okay? So this two out of 10, this 20% of depositions that start pretty rough, okay? That, so the strategy there by the questionnaire is to send the witness directly into amygdala hijack. They want that witness in fight or flight mode. And why is this so effective? Why? Because you've been telling your witness all week, hey, this deposition's it's certainly going to start with about an hour of background questions. Then it's going to transition into X, then Y, then Z, right? So a smart attorney, usually a plaintiff attorney, hats off to him, will come in and switch things up and, you know, throw deep on the first play when you're expecting a run. Yeah, panic, 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 panic. So you have to practice that too. So. You have to inform the witness, so in summary, inform the witness of how important the start of the deposition is, number one. Number two, there's two ways to start. There's sugar, there's vinegar. They're both traps. The sugar trap is to get your guard down, speed you up, get you talkative, get you conversational. Vinegar trap is to send you right into amygdala hijack, fight or flight. Then practice both of those styles multiple times. It will not take too long. And that's called learning. I mean, you can't just tell somebody how to play guitar or tell somebody how to play golf. Well, you can. It's not going to work. Why? There's no learning. <laughs> okay. You got to go to the driving range. You got to go to the, pick up that guitar and take some lessons and hurt your fingers, right? Okay. It's the only way to learn. So, in review, it's really, really important to not skip over how important the beginning of the deposition is, why it's so important, what the various setups are, okay? Because here's the thing. If your witness starts off with the right cognitive pattern, which is controlling the pace, forcing cognition, slowing the process down, maximizing their thinking, that will carry over into the case-specific questions. And that's how your witness is going to start the deposition the right way, and they're going to finish it the right way. All right, I'm hopping on a plane back to Orlando. I am going to finish this Dunkin' Donuts uh, 
coffee. Thank you so much for participating in another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast. I'm Dr. Bill Kanaski. We'll see you next time.